This is Change Your Mindset Podcast, the podcast that helps change your life by helping change the mindset of the 99% into the 1% mindset. Here's your host, Adrian Gomez. Welcome back to another podcast episode of Change Your Mindset. I'm your host, Adrian Gomez. So I'm sure you've been hearing a lot about the debt ceiling crisis we currently have going on right now and whether the U.S. is going to default on their debt payments. So that's what we'll be talking about in this podcast. So for those of you that don't know what the debt ceiling is, let's just start from the beginning. Let's talk about the background of it. So this is basically what it is. The United States government, like any pretty much other entity, can borrow money by issuing debt securities such as treasury bonds, notes, and bills to fund its operations and meet its financial obligations. However, the debt ceiling is a statutory limit set by Congress on the total amount of debt that the U.S. Treasury can issue to finance these activities. The debt ceiling serves as a mechanism to control the government's borrowing and ensure oversight of its fiscal decisions. It essentially puts a cap on the amount of debt the government can accumulate. When the government reaches or is about to reach the debt ceiling, it creates a situation where the Treasury Department can no longer borrow additional funds to meet its obligations unless certain actions are taken. So basically what happens in when the United States reaches a debt ceiling, well, there are a few options that the government has to address with this situation. One option is to make measures known as extraordinary measures. These measures allow the government to continue funding its obligations by temporarily employing accounting strategies and cash management techniques. The goal is to create additional room under the debt ceiling to meet the government's financial needs for a limited period. However, if these extraordinary measures are exhausted and the debt ceiling is not raised or suspended by Congress, the government may face a situation where it cannot pay all of its bills on time. This scenario, often referred to as a debt ceiling crisis or debt default, can have significant consequences for the economy and financial markets. So it's basically important to note that debt ceiling does not authorize new spending or determine the government's budget. It simply limits the government's ability to borrow money to finance the spending that has already been approved by Congress through the budgetary process. The debt ceiling has been a subject of political debate and contestation over the years, with discussions centering around fiscal responsibility, government spending, and the potential economic repercussions of reaching the debt limit. So it's worth mentioning that historically, Congress has taken action to raise or suspend the debt ceiling when necessary to avoid a default. However, these discussions and negotiations can be complex and sometimes result in temporary government shutdowns or heightened market volatility. So I'll summarize real quick about the key points about the United States debt ceiling. Number one, the debt ceiling is a statutory limit set by Congress on the total amount of debt that the U.S. Treasury can issue. Number two, it controls the government's ability to borrow money to finance its operations and meet its obligations. Number three, when the government approaches the debt ceiling, it can employ extraordinary measures to create temporary room under the limit. Number four, if the debt ceiling is now raised or suspended, it can lead to a debt default, which can have severe economic consequences. Number five, 
The debt ceiling is a subject of political debate and has implications for fiscal policy and financial markets. So that's basically a quick summary of the United States debt ceiling for those of you that are not aware of what it is. So there's a lot of talk right now about the U.S. defaulting. So within a 100 years, there has only been six countries that have defaulted. First one is Germany in 1932 and 1948. Reason was caused by the inability to repay the reparations imposed after World War I. The default and subsequent economic instability contributed to the rise of the Nazi party. Number two is Argentina in 1951, 1982, 2001, 2014, and 2020. So all the countries we're talking about, Argentina has defaulted the most, five times. So the reason was due to unsustainable fiscal policies, economic crisis, and volatile commodity prices. The defaults have resulted in severe economic recessions, high inflation, and political stability. Number three is Russia in 1998, caused by a collapse in confidence in the Russian government's ability to repay its debt, leading to a default. This led to a sharp devaluation of the ruble, a severe economic contraction, and political upheaval. Number four is Greece in 2012. The largest sovereign default in history. Causes included structural weaknesses in the Greek economy, misreported government financial data, and the global financial crisis of 2008. The crisis resulted in severe austerity measures, high unemployment, a significant contraction in the Greek economy, and a European sovereign debt crisis. Number five is Venezuela in 2017. The Venezuelan debt crisis was a result of a drop in oil prices, economic mismanagement, and political instability. The country has since experienced hyperinflation, severe shortages of basic goods, and a humanitarian crisis. And the last one is Lebanon, number six, in 2020, caused by a banking crisis, political instability, and civil unrest, resulted in severe economic contraction, hyperinflation, and a humanitarian crisis. So between all these six countries, this is what all six of them had in common. First one was economic mismanagement. Second was political instability. And third one, external shocks. And last but not least, unsustainable debt levels. So since 1776, when this country was started, the U.S. has never defaulted. A lot of people are saying because the United States, it's never going to happen. We were never default. So we'll see what separates us from the six countries we previously talked about. So the U.S. Treasuries are considered the safest and most liquid assets in the world. They're considered pristine collateral tier one asset. Even though nowadays a lot of people are saying tier one asset is now gold. But they're up there right now. They play a crucial role as collateral in global financial markets. As they often use to secure loans, margin accounts, and other financial transactions. So let's see why... U.S. Treasuries are considered pristine asset ones. So, number one is low credit risk. U.S. Treasuries are backed by the full faith and credit of the U.S. government. Number two, high liquidity. U.S. Treasuries are highly liquid due to their deep and well-established secondary markets. Number three, price stability. 
U.S. Treasuries have relatively stable prices compared to other assets like stocks or commodities. This price stability is advantageous for financial institutions as it reduces the risk of collateral value fluctuations. Number four, global acceptance. U.S. Treasuries are widely accepted and used as collateral worldwide, providing ease of use for international transactions. Number five, repo and reverse repo market. The repo market and reverse repo market is a critical part of the short-term funding and money markets. They facilitate the flow of cash and securities between financial institutions, central banks, and other market participants. So let's say the U.S. joins these six countries and defaults and becomes number seven. What happens? So number one, global financial crisis. A default would cause severe disruptions in global financial markets as U.S. treasuries are used as the benchmark for other debt securities and as collateral in numerous transactions. This could lead to a liquidity crisis, credit crunch, and increased market volatility. Number two, economic chaos. Financial markets would be destabilized and the flow of credit would be constrained. Number three, currency devaluation. The U.S. dollar might lose its status as the world's reserve currency, leading to a depreciation of the currency and increased inflationary pressures. Number four, geopolitical implications. A U.S. default could diminish the country's global influence and potentially alter the balance of power in the international financial system. Number five, loss of confidence. A U.S. default would erode global confidence in the country's ability to honor its obligations, potentially leading to a decline in demand for U.S. treasuries and a rise in borrowing costs for the U.S. government. Number six, government shutdown. Without the ability to borrow, the U.S. government would have to cut spending drastically. This could lead to government shutdowns, layoffs of federal employees, and cuts in services affecting everything from social security payments to military spending. Number seven, legal and constitutional crisis. The 14th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution states that the validity of the public debt shall not be questioned, so a debt default could potentially trigger a constitutional crisis. Number eight, impact on credit rating. The U.S. could lose its AAA credit rating, leading to even higher borrowing costs in the future and further damaging the country's fiscal situation. So those eight facts can happen if the U.S. does default, which obviously would be catastrophic. In my personal opinion, I think they will come to agreement because I don't think either side, whether Congress or the president, will tarnish their legacy. Obviously, no one's not going to know who the Speaker of the House is in the future, but people will remember who is the first president to default. And I don't think any president would want that legacy ever. So I'll leave you with this number, which a lot of people are scared of. The U.S. GDP is $20 trillion, but the U.S. only has $200 billion in their general account. Something to think about. Like I said, I'm pretty sure they're going to figure it out. One side's going to have to give up more than the other, but they will figure it out eventually. We're going to find out in the next four to six, eight weeks.
I appreciate everyone listening to this podcast, and hopefully this podcast gives you more information about the current debt selling crisis that we are currently in. Thank you guys again. I want to thank Patreon member Blade262 for being a Patreon member and helping support this podcast. If you'd like to be a Patreon member, the link is in the description below. I appreciate it if you decide to. Thank you for everyone that subscribes and shares these podcasts. I appreciate you guys as always. Thank you guys again. I wish you the best. Keep financially educating yourself. Keep being the best versions of yourself. And take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Change Your Mindset Podcast. Be sure to tune in every week for a new episode. As always, change your mindset to change your life.